This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast regarding issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today on Health Dose, we're going to talk about a serious health risk that might surprise you. Most experts agree that antibiotics or bacteria-killing drugs are one of the most valuable life-saving inventions of the 20th century. For nearly 100 years, we've relied on these drugs to protect us from deadly diseases. Yet we're now entering an era where antibiotics are losing their effectiveness, leaving us vulnerable to common but dangerous conditions such as pneumonia, tuberculosis, and staph infections. We're fighting a new enemy known as superbugs, and here to tell us about it is Dr. Shannon Martin, a family medicine physician at MidMichigan Health. Dr. Martin sees patients at the East End Building in Midland. She's also a member of the Antimicrobial Stewardship Team at MidMichigan Health, which oversees MidMichigan's efforts to ensure safe and responsible use of antibiotics. We asked Dr. Martin, what are superbugs and how did they get here? Superbugs, they sound big, bad, and scary, don't they? Mm. Um, and they can be. We're not to the point yet where we have projections that we may be, but currently what we perceive superbugs to be is bacteria that have adapted and evolved to resist many of the antibiotics that we have currently. And a part of the reason that they exist is because we're overusing antibiotics. We don't see overuse just in medicine. We see overuse in regards to agriculture, in other fields as well. And every time we expose bacteria to more antibiotics, they develop the possibility to develop resistance. And the, the superbugs are the ones that are tough enough to survive the drug and have a chance to grow and multiply. They could even share some of their drug-resistant traits with other bacteria and that can transfer over. So it can be a pretty scary thing. Um, That's extremely scary. Yep, yep. Especially the thing that they can share their Mm -hmm. resistance with other bacteria. Because some of the genetic material can get passed on to other bacteria. So we know that the overuse of antibiotics is a serious concern, Mm -hmm. but how do I know when I do and I don't need an antibiotic? Sure. So the one thing that I want to make very clear is that antibiotics do not work on viruses. They will never work on viruses. They are not made to treat viral infections. So I'll probably say that again many more times throughout this because I want to make very clear that they will not treat a virus. And that includes? That includes so influenza, certain forms of upper respiratory infections. Commonly I have people asking me for antibiotics for bronchitis. Bronchitis is nearly every time viral. Mm. And that Um, includes the common cold? Common cold, certainly. So even we're starting to see if you look at conjunctivitis. So a lot of people come in with red eyes and they assume I have to have a antibacterial drop for my eyes to treat this. That's not always the case. Most times we see a lot of conjunctivitis is related to viral infections or Mm. even allergic conjunctivitis. So viral infections cause a lot of symptoms that can mimic some bacterial infections. So I can't fault people for wanting to feel better, but we've got to make sure that we are giving the appropriate treatment for what they're having problems with. Be honest with me. Patients are asking for the drugs, right? Yes. And and sometimes do you just feel the pressure to write them a script to make them feel better? Oh, yeah. Every every day. Emotionally, if not physically. Yep. And so that's a thing, you know, can I fault them for wanting to feel better? No. Do I want to feel better immediately? And if there's some magic thing that can help me feel better, do I want it? Sure. But when we think about the infections and how to get people better, unfortunately, and most people don't want to hear this, but with viral infection, it's time, hydration, 
even some of the over-the-counter remedies and treatments mm-hmm. that can be used to help certain symptoms. But so, you're not treating you're not treating the virus. No, you're treating the symptoms. No, I mean because there we really we don't. I mean there's not antivirals and there's antivirals for certain forms of viral infections like for example shingles. Shingles is viral, so we can use antivirals to help with that. But the cold, flu that can mutate in the viral particles that's causing it. So it's very, very difficult to make an antiviral treatment for influenza. They have Tamiflu out. So Tamiflu we use for influenza, but Tamiflu must be used correctly. Mm -hmm. You have to catch the virus within the first 48 hours. To be quite honest, a lot of times when people take Tamiflu, they don't feel that great on the Tamiflu. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, you know what, I'm just going to fight it out. I'm going to do, as I instructed, time, hydration, rest. Mm -hmm. And it can take about a good 7 to 10 days to get over a virus. So if you're not going to prescribe antibiotics or antibiotics won't work for a virus, what are some things that I can do to treat the symptoms of the virus to make me feel better? Sure. And so that's something that a lot of times when I find out it's a a virus, I ask my patients, I say, okay, so what is your worst symptoms? And then I give instructions for what they can do over the counter. So if we talk about some of the -the over-the-counter options or even just home remedies, sore throat, you can use ice chips, honey, salt water, gargles, runny nose or sinus pressure. There's nasal saline sprays that can work quite well, but also over-the-counter decongestants. But if you look at the -the over-the-counter decongestants, I always caution people if you have hypertension, high blood pressure, please check with your doctor Mm because those can definitely push your blood pressure up. There's topical decongestant nasal spray so like an afrin nasal spray that's a good option but you've got to be careful exactly so if you use it for more than three days at a time you can develop rebound nasal congestion and then you're coming to my office for a whole nother problem two to three months down the road right so if we look at fever body aches or even earache you can use over-the-counter pain medications such as ibuprofen and tylenol and for a cough humidifier, putting a humidifier in your room. If you don't have a humidifier, you can put a bowl of water right next to the heat vent and that can kind of throw some of that moisture into the air. You can use non-medicated lozenges, but you want to be careful with, you know, you don't want to give a lozenge to a two-year-old because that's a choking hazard. Mm -hmm. In cold medications, we really recommend against giving those to children under the age of five. What do you think about the neti pot? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little messy. So there's some other options out there. Some of the nasal sprays that come in, like the squeeze bottles that you can use in the shower, those are much cleaner. I'm a little bit of a neat freak, so then water running all over, it just doesn't work for me. But if I can do it in the shower, there's no mess, we're good to go. So, But I do really like the nasal saline sprays. Do we run the risk as a culture of developing super bugs because we're using so much hand sanitizer? Yeah, so there's a lot of confusion about hand sanitizer. So the CDC recommends hand washing is obviously your best option to keep your hands clean. Not all of us are in a situation where we have soap and water at our disposal wherever we go. So if you can use a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol, you're doing well. Mm -hmm. That, That will kill the bacteria. So the confusion is over a 
product that actually has been banned by the FDA in liquid foam and gel hand soaps, as well as bar soaps and body washes, but not yet hand sanitizers. And this is triclosan or triclocarbon. So that is the product that has kind of led to the confusion about hand sanitizers. What's the confusion? So supposedly, if we're using sub-lethal doses of this in the hand sanitizers, it isn't enough of a concentration to actually kill the bacteria. So it only disrupts the cell wall. So the bacteria continues to live. So it's kind of fought off that antimicrobial product. So that's the reason why the FDA took it off for some of the soaps, the body washes, that type of thing. But it is from my understanding, still in some of the hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. I did a quick search last night and I couldn't find the exact one because I would love to be able to provide that to you, but I couldn't find that. But what I could find is that as long as you're looking and it's got 60% alcohol solution, you're good to go. Beyond creating superbugs, does overuse of antibiotics compromise my immune system over time? You know, I think if we're using the antibiotic for the right diagnosis, I don't see that happening. The one concern I do have is that you, if not used for the right indication, you're not giving your body the ability to fight off the illness, the virus, to mm -hmm. create antibodies, so on and so forth. So if used for the right indication, I think you're generally good to go, though I don't have the evidence-based research in front of me to support that. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about this today. Um, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Prior to this, I was in public health, so I worked a lot with antimicrobial resistance. One thing I want to clarify, as I said before, and I said I'd come back to it, hmm. um, viruses are not going to be touched by antibiotics. That's one thing when you go to a doctor, you want to be your own advocate and say, do you think I truly have a virus or do you think I have a bacteria? The other thing I want to clarify is that, you know, we do have a big problem. So we are really starting to see some bugs that have no antibiotics that can be used at all. And that for a doctor is terrifying. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't mean to scare people, but really we want to make sure that we are treating you with exactly the right type of treatment and not getting to a point where antibiotics are no longer effective. Each year, these drug-resistant bacteria infect more than 2 million people nationwide and kill at least 23,000 people. We're not to the point where these antibiotics are completely useless, but I think if we don't change our course, I think we might be headed to that. So I just really caution people, be your own advocate and try to make sure you're being treated appropriately for whatever is afflicting you. That's Dr. Shannon Martin, a family medicine physician at MidMichigan Health and a member of MidMichigan's antimicrobial stewardship team that is helping to promote safe, responsible use of antibiotics. To learn more about superbugs and how you can help fight them, go to midmichigan.org superbugs. As always, if you have concerns, check with your health care provider. If you need help finding a health care provider, go to midmichigan.org doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back soon for another episode of Health Dose.